Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast. I am your host, Chris Patrick. With me today, my electric co-host, the Optimus Prime of podcasting, Michael Benjamin. What up, what up? What is going on? And of course, back and beautiful as ever, the king of the same game parlay, VSP Tallman. What's going on, guys? How you living, fellas? It's been a been a minute. Been a minute? Been a minute. Been a minute, been a little cinnamon. <laughs> Dude, doing Need good, a cinnamon man. Cinnamon roll. What? Speaking of that, I hear that a lot on TikTok. And that's where you can now find Valley Sports Plug on TikTok at AZ underscore VSP. Also on uh, Twitter and Instagram, also at AZ underscore VSP. And on YouTube and Facebook, Valley Sports Plug. Find us. And if you Google Valley Sports Plug, you're going to find us because we're like the only thing that pops up. So if you can't find us, you're not trying, plain and simple. Anyway, we got a lot of football talk. It's finally here. Finally. College football started. We're not going to really talk about that today, but we got NFL football action. Already happened Thursday. The Bills beat the Rams 31-10, to 10, right? That was a pretty electric game. I think they people thought it was going to be a lot closer than it ended up being, and uh, that could have implications for our division because now Rams are already 0-1. Um, what's the NFC West going to look like at the end of this week? But we'll get into maybe some of that. Uh, of course, really focused on Cardinals Week 1 action. Um, they're going up against the Chiefs. Uh, and just got a you know slate of slate of topics for you. So let's just get into it, fellas. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this Cardinals' thirty fifth season in Arizona? What am I looking forward to? I'm just looking forward to Cardinals football again. It's the best time of the year. I'm super excited. Um, really, I want to see how much Kyler Murray matures. If we can pull it together, if we can make it through a season and not have a Cliff Kingsbury collapse at the end. That's what I'm most excited to see. But it's the, the other thing, too, is the schedule is so challenging that, I don't know, I'm, I'm just kind of excited to see how we stack up against you know some great competition. Yeah, I feel like I'm born again. The fall is right <laughs> around the corner and football is here. I'm feeling good. Already won my first bet of the year, so off to a great start. Uh, hopefully we can keep that momentum going like the Cardinals in week one. But I'm really just excited to get these guys back on the field. I mean, preseason, we didn't see a lot of those guys. You know, Hollywood Brown was out kind of nursing his hamstring. Kyler Murray didn't really need to get on the field. And, I mean, we've just been nursing guys back to health, it seems like, to start this season. So I know we're going to dive into it a little bit more and what this roster is going to look like tomorrow. But I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to get these guys out there and see what they can do. Let's go. 100%, man. This is what we've been saying. Like They just need to get started playing these games, get into the swing of it. Um, I think it's important to note, if you couldn't tell already, we're recording this on Saturday, September 10th, 2022, at the Valley Sports Plug Studio A today. Um but so when we get, I'm going to try and get this out uh, in time for, you know, before the games. But, you know, if you're listening back on the playback, uh, maybe find out what we what we might have missed when, in what we're talking about and see, uh, you know, obviously some of the implications. But also uh, we'll be back out there on a live stream probably this week sometime, too. So, again, I'm not going to plug the social medias, but go find us and uh, see what we have to say about it after it all shakes out. But um, I'm looking forward. I'm. I'm somewhat optimistic for this season. I think there's a lot uh, for Kyler Murray to prove. He needs to take this step, really show he's a leader, and that all this distraction in the offseason was just that. It was unnecessary. It was something he didn't want to go through, just kind of the contract negotiations and all that type of mudslinging that happens in that. 
uh, and just really move on from that. Also, get these first six games out of the way, get D-Hop back in the, in the swing, uh, keep these guys healthy. I mean, that's really the first thing I wanted to dive into is just already up against some adversity with some injuries uh, lingering. Uh, J.J. Watt is questionable for tomorrow. Rondale Moore officially out, along with Cody Ford and Trayvon Mullen. Um, so, Mike, man, what... Oh, oh, also, shit, and I want Cody to talk about Antonio Hamilton, but first, Mike, like, this is not good news. What are you making of all that? Yeah, it's a bit concerning to start the season, you know, where a lot of these guys didn't even play, but they're still not ready to go. Uh, like you said, the two guys that we brought in within the past couple of weeks, Cody Ford and Trayvon Mullen, are both out. Cody Ford with the ankle and Trayvon Mullen with the toe. Um, I know I think we re-signed Max Garcia off of the practice squad. I don't know how much playing time he's really going to get. But that's a guy that knows our system. He was with us for the past couple of years. So he's kind of a plug-and-play guy. Uh, I know Tallman was talking about this. You know, Byron Murphy right now is listed as questionable as well. Our number one corner, and we're already missing guys like Antonio Hamilton. And going back to Trayvon Mullen, a guy who we brought in because the cornerback position is probably our biggest question mark that we have. So off to a tough start, man. Really hoping Zach Ertz can get out there at least in kind of limited possessions because I don't know if you want to fully trust everything on the back of Trey McBride since it'll be his first game as a professional. Uh, And he's got to figure everything out as well. But weird and then the other thing i know tallman brought up marcus golden dropping a dumbbell on his foot i mean what can't happen to these guys you know keeps keeps piling up you know everything that happened this off season and now finally we're like okay the countdown was on we're ready to rock and then this injury report comes out and we got some key pieces that can be on the sideline to start the season which is going to be tough we're already missing our number one weapon in deandre hopkins so it's that next man up mentality Guys are going to have to be ready to go. And the good thing is we're going to be at State Farm Stadium in front of our home fans. And I know the Chiefs have a pretty big following, but as far as I can say in regards to Arizona sports, I always feel like Cardinals fans show out and and they'll show up even when this team isn't the greatest, uh, more so than I've ever seen at uh, Suns games or definitely Diamondbacks games. So they we should have the crowd on our side and, give them some extra juice to get going and, and get ready to rock for the season. Yeah, man, it's, it's time to go. It's, it's something that we just have to get behind, get past, get behind, uh, like I said, already up against adversity to repeat myself. And Cody, what is going on? What happened with Antonio Hamilton, the cornerback? Well, he needs to watch more food network apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> for some reason, uh, or what they described it as a, a freak kitchen accident. Was mm-hmm. he playing um, with hot oil or something? Yeah, so it did. It, I don't know if they specifically came out and said what he was cooking, but yeah, he spilled hot oil all over his legs, um, burned his entire leg, both legs actually, because he tweeted out that picture and it looked nasty. Uh, so they're expecting him to be out for what four weeks, I, I think. Um, hopefully, he can make it back before that because obviously we need him. Um, yeah. I mean, just looking at our roster. Uh, or, or depth chart going into week one, their third cornerback is going to be a seventh-round rookie that we took this year. So that's going to be rough, um, especially Byron Murphy is going to be all, all sick and be out with that illness. Um, it's going to be terrible. But um, hopefully that kid can get back. Um, I think you were saying, I didn't see that he couldn't even put on shoes. That's 
That's terrible. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what I guess. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury was saying he was making incredible progress, but then that 90% of his skin was healed up. Um, he, yeah, he, I guess he, when Cliff was saying when he first saw him, he could barely even walk around and now he's up and he's moving around. And if the healing's going well, he can get the cleats on. Uh, just hopefully it doesn't have too much impact on his, on his gameplay when it all comes, oh, totally. comes down to it. Man, he needs to get that first game check so he can hire a personal chef. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's a so great he can point. avoid any more freak accidents in the kitchen. Um, I remember, yeah, oh, man, I just, that may reminded me just real quick anecdote. I don't want to, I don't want to do like any, I don't, anyway, the, when we worked at Bed Bath & Beyond, me and Cody used to work at Bed Bath oh, & no. Beyond back in the day, we and go. we would have to create wedding registries for a couple, um, and this is why I was hesitant, because it was a Cardinals, a Cardinals player, a, like, he was probably a practice squad guy, or one of like the, he was probably like the 52nd man on the roster, I don't want to say who it is, I don't want to say who it is. But um, him and his uh, like fiance or whatever were like they just they were like oh yeah we just bought a small apartment in Arizona and we need to like furnish it up and everything so it's like people don't realize like yeah the the guys are like making pretty good money on like the practice squad and like the bottom of the roster but it's really not like that crazy especially considering when not compared to like Kyler Murray who's making forty six yeah million. it's not extreme life changing money or generational wealth you know it's yeah like, and you got to think some of these guys. Probably came up, they got that first check, and they're like, well, I'm going to take care of my mom. I'm going to take care of my dad. You know, I'm going to help everyone out. But um, side note, uh, remember, uh, what's the the fullback? He was in there. Uh, he was on the Chiefs, the fullback. He did a registry, Sherman? too. Sherman, yeah, yeah. Anthony Sherman, yeah. So yeah we did Sherman. that. He was in our store, too. Steve Kime had come through, I think, one time. Kime did. Kime and then did, um, yeah. one of our friends sold Michael Bidwell uh, a Dyson. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, um, that's oof, that could yeah, be the pop culture segment. Yeah, about right. Bed, no. Bath and Beyond. If you <laughs> I read about you, them in the news recently. So you yeah. guys were pretty much the luxury triple B, where all the famous people were stopping at here yeah. in Arizona. Oh yeah, they weren't even using the twenty percent off coupons. They didn't even care. <laughs> we were. We started. They're, they're paying full uh, ticket price for that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. We started like right at the end of their peak, and then kind of like through their start of their downfall and then got jump ship and thank thank goodness but that's not what we're talking about it was a we're long not, time ago we're not talking about <laughs> bed bath and beyond um we're talking about the arizona cardinals in this week one matchup that's coming up uh with rondale moore out they had to do something uh to fill out the wide receiver role a little bit more so i'm gonna butcher this name but they signed wide receiver andre bacalia bacalia how'd you say it cody i don't know bacalia is bacalia uh, put it into google whatever yeah but i didn't i i was doing some light research on this guy before the game just to like kind of before the game before the podcast uh, just to kind of see what he's all about and like what kind of stats or uh his career has been so far and i found that he's kind of in my opinion relatively unimpressive and i get and mike pointed out he's probably not going to really sniff the field which is all right but he's been in the nfl for a few years on kicking around practice squads and uh, low levels of rosters, but he's never touched the field during a game. He's never had a target, even. He's never had received a handoff. Um, but that's not really the point. That's not uncommon. But I looked at his college days. He was in college 2016 to 2019, um, had 107 receptions, 1,183 yards, and five touchdowns across four seasons. Um, his best season, he had 55 receptions and 584 yards and no touchdowns. So this guy, I mean... That's not like eye popping stats, and I know I know maybe I just don't know the college game as well, but it just strikes me as like 
this guy's not going to help us out at all. Mike, do you think this this guy is going to see the field or have any impact? No, I think it's literally just to fill out your roster. You need another receiver. He'll probably play hands team and just specifically on the special teams if he even needs to. But, you know, we got our four main guys and it's coming back to that same conversation that we had that this is everything's falling uh, into the hands for Andy Isabella and the opportunity that he has to really cement himself as a true uh, second round pick and deserving of that. I don't think he's ever going to be able to jump over DK Metcalf, who we could have had with the pick uh, that Seattle ended up taking right after us. But, you know, this is his time. I know he had a decent preseason, but he's really going to have to get involved. And I know we've talked about this to exhaustion, but these first six weeks, you know, you still don't know what you really have with Hollywood Brown. Uh, I, I know that him and Kyler have a great relationship and, they have that camaraderie from their workouts that they've done in the past. But, you know, the last time that they played was at Oklahoma five plus years ago. And the NFL a is a different game. Yeah. And now you're going to have the number one corners blanketing um, Hollywood Brown. He's probably going to see a lot of double coverage as well. So is he going to be able to shake open on that kind of stuff? And that leaves incredible opportunity for Andy Isabella to come in in the slot and you know take some of those five yard slants for 20 25 yards uh, and really propel this offense moving forward Um, I'm excited to see what James Conner can do this year again I know he was a big bell cow for the Cardinals last year um, and we need it we need it again we need a you know another thousand yards maybe 50 to 60 catches as well Uh, he's gonna have to really be a big part of this game plan but first week what i'm looking for to see is what can andy isabella do for this offense and how involved he's gonna be go for it okay all right sorry man it just sucks that we're gonna have to talk about this guy I mean, we're we're relying on somebody who literally caught one ball last year, didn't dress for like half the games, maybe more than that. I don't know. I didn't keep track of him. I forgot about him. You know, he literally, what was it? I had to look it up because I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he caught three passes. He caught one pass for 13 yards. So we're relying on a guy who literally got us 13 yards last year, you know, and it's because he's going to start. We don't have, we don't have Hopkins. Moore's not going to play. He might be the second best receiver that we have. Over AJ Green? Well, I mean AJ's AJ, you know. Okay, all right. Let me if, give let me give AJ some credit. All right. He, he might be the third best that we have. Yeah. But how many times are you gonna see three wide receivers out there? Yeah. No, that's a great point. All, pretty pretty often. But he, so we're so, he's gonna see the field a lot. So here, let me give you this spin, Cody. So um I'm sorry. Um spin. We yeah, the spin. We so obviously you you said there, D hops out, Moore's out. Um, so we, we're looking at Hollywood Brown and AJ Green. And the thing with Isabella is he is kind of that guy at the end of the roster. When he comes back, he's never going to see when the, all those guys are healthy. If all those guys are healthy, Isabella is probably not going to see the field. So right now, this could be a perfect opportunity for the Cardinals to get him some passes, feed him some passes, get some game film, boost him up a little bit, and then have the ability to trade him out Ship and get a out. better return. Yeah. Because right now, you're right. If they try and trade him, they're look at, the teams are looking and they say, he caught one pass for 13 yards last year. We'll give you a six-round pick for him, maybe. 
Like probably not even maybe that. not even that. Um, <laughs> They'll wait till they drop him. But I do still think Isabella is a guy with high potential and in the right system. He almost seems like a Patriots Bill Belichick kind of guy that could thrive in the slot. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but I I. I saw they had him. Uh, I've explained on previous podcasts why I have faith in Isabella, but that might be uh, misguided. Yeah, they Mike, had you're him. You're shaking as... your head. Sorry, go ahead. Tom. I'm just saying, don't put that Patriots shit into existence. <laughs> I don't want to see him go there and help him and then and help them get bowler. over the hump, become a pro bowler. Exactly. Don't don't you dare be doing that. Mac well, Jones, he, Isabella connection. He'll, he'll be the next Danny Amendola. Um, what was I going to say? Um, they had him listed as like the X receiver or something. They have him on the outside. Really? Yeah, they had... Um, how how tall is Andy Isabella? He's not tall. That's what I was thinking. That's why I was thinking of him for <laughs> he's just slot. He's just fast. But that's why you have... Uh, I think Marquise Brown, they had listed as... Anyway, sorry. I'm curious to see where they where they put him at. Same. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. But now we get to look forward to this matchup with the Chiefs. And looking at their final injury report... They seem to be coming into this week uh, at a full bill of health. Uh, I know Juju Smith had a knee uh, issue, but he practiced full Wednesday through Friday. Uh, Frank Clark had an illness, but uh, he did have limited practice on Friday, and his status is a go. Um, And it's been a while since we played the Chiefs. The last time we played them was November 11th, 2018. And this can go back to what you guys were talking about with the player coming in saying that he just has a small apartment. I mean, rosters in the NFL change so much. Just, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, what's the expectancy for your length uh, in the NFL, which is probably three years, like a maximum, you know? So guys are shipping in and out. So you got to tell me, who was our quarterback the last time that we played the Chiefs? Oof. Ooh. Josh Rosen. Yes, sir. Right, there you go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Josh Rosen. Sorry, we ended up losing that game 26 to 14. What was his stat line? Sorry. So he was 22 of 39 for oh. one touchdown, two interceptions. Oh. Um, so 58%, not good. Uh, but another guy who was a focal point of our offense, David Johnson, 21 oh, uh, rushes for 98 yards and a touchdown. Also had seven catches for 85 yards and one touchdown. So it's crazy to see how things can change in such a short window. And both of these teams are so different now. You know, the Chiefs no longer have Tyron Matthew in that secondary. Their big main weapon, Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs didn't want to pay him, so he ended up going to the Dolphins. And who do you think kicked our ass when we played him the last time? Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, He had seven catches for 117 yards and two touchdowns. So we're facing a completely different team, but so are the Chiefs. You know, We have a completely different weapon when it comes to the quarterback position. We do have a lot more guys who can get more involved. I mean, the the only other guys that I saw on that stat line from the Cardinals were Larry Fitzgerald and J.J. Nelson. So it was a completely different offense that you're talking about. Um, so I grand scheme things when I start looking at what's going to happen tomorrow. I do like our chances. Um, we got to snuff. We got to sniff out, you know, one or two of these first three games um, and really kind of set uh, the train in motion for success. Because if we start off 0-3, I don't think it's going to matter when D-Hop comes back. You're going to probably be behind the eight ball, even with the Rams looking kind of tough on Thursday. But the Rams played 
probably the Super Bowl favorite for a lot of people in the Buffalo Bills. So you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, but Rams also looked kind of bad. I, I mean, I was rooting for the Bills. I wanted them to lose big time, but they did not look like the same team. But I don't want to derail us. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're all you're all good. I I want to go back to the Cardinals though. Um, Cody, who who needs to have a big game against the Chiefs here? Who are you really? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Which player on the Cardinals needs to step up and have a big game in order for the Cardinals to even have a chance to win this? That is a softball question. You know it's Kyler Murray. Do, all right, do you want to do it with you can't answer Kyler Murray because we all know he's got to have a great game for us to win any game. Um, so let's go skill skill players. Uh, I think I think it's going to – I don't know. I, I want to – oh, shit. On both – okay, how about on each side of the ball? All one, right. one offensive player. And I, I think – Hollywood Brown, he needs to come in strong in his, in his debut. Yeah. We got to – I want to see that uh, that connection from college with him and Kyler come to fruition finally, because that's all people keep talking about. So let's see if that actually translates on the field. Right. Um, defensive side, I would say I'm going to go two. I, there's going to be two people. Um, it's going to be Isaiah Simmons and it's going to be Buda Baker. Isaiah that, Simmons mine. and Buda Baker. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Same question. Buda Baker. Um, I'm definitely with you, Cody, in regards to Isaiah Simmons, especially now that he has the green dot and is going to be calling the plays. Uh, Got to see if he can get these guys in position and himself become the true leader for this defense. I know Buda Baker is. Um, he has plenty of uh, tape on the field to back himself up as the leader of this defense, but we need more guys, and I want that to be Isaiah Simmons, especially with him being such a high first-round draft pick. On the offensive side, um, I know I already said Andy Isabella. Another guy that I'm really interested to see how he fits into this mix is Trey McBride, especially with what's going to happen. Is Zachert's going to play? We don't know yet. It sounds like if he does play, he'll be on uh, limited snaps. So Trey's going to have plenty of opportunities to you know get get in the middle, get in the mud. Uh, in the run game and then have some opportunities in the passing game because we know Kyler Murray likes his tight ends. He's going to be looking for him. So I'm excited to see what he can do with those opportunities as well. Yeah, 100%. And I just I want to piggyback off what Tallman was saying there that Kyler Murray really is the guy who needs to have a big game. And I honestly think he needs to just in general have make a make a leap this year. He is bordering I would say some would say he's already an elite quarterback I would say he's bordering on being elite I think in order for him to be considered elite and a franchise quarterback like he's getting paid he needs to make a step up this year and uh, he can only do the scramble out thing for so long eventually in his career he's going to have to be more comfortable in the pocket he's going to have to be able to throw out of those situations and oh, the ball's getting batted down at the line it is just it gets disheartening to see, and it's a wasted down. It's a wasted uh, possession, honestly, when it, you have three and outs where it's, you know, Kyler roll, rolling out, throwing it away, rolling out, uh, incomplete pass, getting batted down at the line, and then we're punting. Wait, so you're telling me that $253 million doesn't automatically make you elite, Chris? What are you talking about? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. And, ah, man, I don't know. What well, do you no, you're right, because it's it's – a huge game for him because 
he's got to, I mean, yeah, he's got to show that he's going to take the next step, blah, 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 be worth the money. Mm-hmm. But he's got to show that he can beat, you know, elite competition. He can beat a Patrick Mahomes-led team. Yeah. He can beat an Aaron Rodgers-led team. He can beat Tom Brady. And then I'm even going to throw in Matthew Stafford just because of the playoff game. And then the last game we had against him in the regular season, show that you can beat, you know, the best talent, you know, in the league. You know, that's, I think he's coming into that with that mindset that, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see what happened last year when uh, we came in and they were like totally writing the Cardinals off. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to run all over them for 150 yards. The Titans are going to kick their ass. But then we came out and we smoked them. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. Do I want to see them be competitive? Of course. But is Kyler Murray... Okay, it starts with Kyler Murray. You know, he facilitates, he starts everything. So Yeah, no, and that's true. And I just think... Like I've been saying, they need to come out and make a statement. And if if they don't win, at least have a good game. Because the way we ended last season with that disappointing loss to the Panthers, Cam Newton just kicking our teeth in, um, and then barely beating the Bears that we should have easily beaten, uh, it just it was didn't give us much hope rolling into this year. And I think they had another loss at the end of, against the the Seahawks that would us would have had we would have won the division and won yeah, the division. We, we yeah. went to that game. Yeah, we the, we the, were at that game. The first uh week 18 game ever in yeah. Cardinals history. Yeah, we went. Yep. So, I want to kick it to you though, Mike, because we're talking about Kyler Murray, he needs to make this leap. Uh what I'm what I, what I'm talking about is I've seen a lot of the national media are projecting the Cardinals in the middle of the pack. Where where do you think they're going to finish in the in the division specifically and do you think they'll make the playoffs? Ooh, I mean you don't want to read into too much from what happened in that first game, right? Everybody has to work out the jitters. You know, a lot of guys didn't play during the preseason as well. So these first couple of weeks are everybody trying to figure out, you know, what kind of team they are. But, you know, the odds on favorite to win the West was probably still the Rams as the, you know, current uh, Super Bowl champion for the league. And they looked out of sorts on Thursday. I know, I think it was a tied game going into halftime, but they got the brakes blown off of them in that second half. And I know guys like Cam Akers, who are supposed to take a big leap for them this year, missing blocks, easy blocks, just not even involved in the game plan. Their second wide receiver brought in, you know, to spell OBJ not being there anymore. Allen Robinson gets two targets. And I know we already talked about how the bills are probably a top favorite, but the expectation with what has happened the past three years with Kyler Murray as the quarterback and the trajectory this team has been taking, you have to think that this is the year that they finally win the division. San Francisco are, there's still a lot of question marks at the quarterback position with Trey Lance and now the re-signing of Jimmy Garoppolo, because I'm hearing, People saying that they're not sure if Trey Lance is the guy. You know, they love his work ethic. He's in there first in, first out, but he's got an awkward throwing motion. And they're almost seeing that Jimmy Garoppolo gives them a better chance to win right now because the foundation for that team is still so solid. The Seahawks are going to be fighting to figure out what the fuck they're doing the entire season. They're going to be the worst team in, in maybe the NFC, to be honest with you. My goodness. But this is the chance to jump on it and get this division and continue to build the progress that you've made as a unit and when i say unit i'm talking about three guys I'm talking about steve kime 
Cliff Kingsbury, and Kyler Murray, where all of these guys just got paid and got paid the big bucks, you got to win now because the past three years got you those contracts. So you have to take that next step and win this division. We've talked about how tough the schedule is going to be, but this team is still a good unit. They have a good foundation. And if you want to be elite, if you're Kyler Murray, you have to be able to fight through the adversity that is given to you. The all-time greats figure out a way to win with the pieces around them, even if you don't have your number one wide receiver with DeAndre Hopkins, your next up-and-coming guy in Rondell Moore. You find a way to bring all those other guys with you and figure out a way to win. Like That's the next step for Kyler Murray. If he wants to be elite, it's going to have to be on his hands. So the expectation not only to win this division this year, the expectation is Kyler Murray to be in the top three in the uh, MVP conversation when we start getting down to week 13, week 14, because he's cemented himself as one of the best quarterbacks in this league. And I have to have it. Yeah. I ha- and I just have to, yeah, exactly. And I have to piggyback off of that because I agree with everything you're saying there. And Kyler, and that's what I'm, I've been getting at is Kyler Murray needs to make that leap. And like, Co- and like Tallman said, you need to really show that you are worth the money that they're paying you. Cliff Kingsbury got an extension. Kyler got an extension. These guys need to produce the results. And I get there's injuries. I get there's adversity early. But Mike, Mike, you said it. You, a great player makes the players around him better. Look at Tom Brady. He took no-name receivers and made them great. Yeah, he had the Randy Mosses. Yeah, he had great players around him. He had the Gronkowskis, but he had those other guys, the Edelmans, the Amendolas, the Wes Welkers. He made those guys better. And Kyler needs to take these guys like Andy Isabella, like Rondale Moore, and elevate them and not just rely on chucking up Hale Murrays to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but Cody, I did want to pivot and just ask you then kind of, I kind of think I'm on the same page as Mike and correct me here, but, uh, what is the division finishing off as Cardinals first, Rams second, San Francisco third, Seattle fourth? How likely do you think that is? I mean, I like the sound of it. (laughs) Sounds good. I love Um, the sound of it. I, I think, uh, I think we'll be, you know, kind of clawing with the Rams the entire year. Um, kind of what. Mike was saying with the Rams, I mean, I mean, they don't seem like the same team. I mean, they're really missing OBJ. Um, they're really missing Von Miller, who sacked Matthew Stafford twice uh, on Thursday night. Um, and then uh, looking at that, I, I don't know. I, I don't believe in the – I'm sorry. I believe in the Super Bowl hangover. Mm. You know, the last time someone won back-to-back Super Bowls was in like the early 2000s, 20 years ago. People don't do that anymore. Was it New England? I think so. I I didn't look, but I know it's been a while. I feel like it was New England when they beat the Rams and then the Panthers. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I'm pulling it up. So it just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, mean, if they do, then whatever, you know? I mean, but I just think, because I watched a good chunk of that game on Thursday, and it looked like like Stafford was dancing around in the pocket. He was looked like he didn't have a lot of time to throw. Um, looked like some of his throws were a little off. I mean, he nailed some. I mean, he's a good he's a good quarterback, but looked like he's still kind of breaking in because um, he had that that elbow uh, procedure or whatever um, over the off season. 
Um, but I, it kind of looked like he's missing that uh, Andrew Whitworth guy, the old guy. Yep, that's a big one. Yeah, I mean, he, that dude was 40 years old, but he was he was an awesome, awesome key piece to that offensive line. But it just looked like he couldn't throw the ball, and he got sacked so many times. Um, you know, shout out to your boy uh, Jordan Phillips. <laughs> he got one and a half sacks, you know, going, oh, going man. with the Bills. Um, More than any time with us. Yeah. But uh, I, I going to the 49ers, though, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, I don't believe the Trey Lance hype. I will tell you right now and write this down and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I bet you week six, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be starting for the 49ers. Whether it's going to be Trey Lance is running too much, gets hurt, or they just aren't winning football games. Because I, when I look at or when I envision a 49ers game this season, I think it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be defense because their defense is awesome. You know, I mean, that's what brought them to the playoffs and into the playoffs last year. You know, so they're going to six games. I'd take the under on that. You would? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, I was trying to be generous, but no. I wrote it down. I literally wrote it down. Exactly. So now you have to write this down. Okay. If Trey Lance is still playing week seven, Cody has to put a bet down that Trey Lance will throw for over 200 yards in whatever next game that he plays. He is the king of same game parlays, so you'll have to do that. Yeah. All right. I'll do that. I like it. Um, Put a star next to it. Make sure we don't forget. Yeah. So. Tallman bet. Okay. Got it. Do I think they can win the division? Absolutely. Um Seattle's going to be terrible. Um, are they going to be the worst team in the NFC? No, I think that belongs to the Chicago Bears. Um, the Bears. S- sorry to your friend. Sorry, Mike. Um, <laughs> my friend. His friend. My brother-in-law? Is that what you're talking about? No, oh, I meant... Uh, um, Chef. Oh, Chef. Chef, yeah, yeah, yeah that's sorry, what I meant. Chef. So I didn't Chef. know that your brother-in-law yeah, was a, a Bears a friend, too. My Tom brother-in-law Tom. is uh, from Chicago. But I think, I think they're going to be the worst team. Chef is a friend of the show. Oh, sorry. He is okay. also Mike's friend, but he's also a friend he's of the a friend. show. He is a friend That's of right. Show, I apologize. Man. What up, Chef? Let me, uh, What's going on, man? man. <laughs> let, me, let me walk that back real quick. Uh, so Seattle's going to be at the bottom. I mean, there were so many projections out there where they, they had it uh, Rams, Niners, Cardinals, and then Seattle. So they think the 49ers are going to be better than us. But what's great about it, guys, Rams are already in last place in the division. Off to a great start. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So we're right. moving in the right direction. Um I think the Rams finish a game ahead of us. Um, I think we're going to struggle. If we can go 3-3 three and three without Hopkins, and then we can go into week 7, just 500, and we sit there and we look at it, everyone's healthy, we get our best play, playmaker back. And if we can sit there going into week 7, we have to have that mentality. It's an it's 11, 11 game season now. Let's go. Let's go nine and two. Let's go eight and three. Let's make that run at full force as long as we can just limp our way through these first six games. So that's the mentality I have. I don't expect greatness right away, yeah. but I think if we can finish strong, which guess what? Historically, we do not finish strong, but I think we have the potential to, because Hopkins is going to be a great boost if we can get people to stop burning their legs in the kitchen and in our uh, secondary. Come um, on. I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Come I, on. I think once we get all these people back, I mean, we have an, an incredible amount of talent, but we're missing That's so much true. of it. So if we can get them back healthy, ready to go, um, like I said, get get our best player back. As long as we're 500, it's an 11-game season, and we move forward with that. And I'm ready to be on the same wavelength as you, Tallman. We need to change the narrative 
of what's happened these past three years in regards to the really hot starts and the super cold finishes. We need to find a way to finish the season strong and have momentum going into the playoffs. And hey, if what you're saying, if we can finish those last 11 games, nine and two, I can see us as a division crown holder and all the momentum that we need to go into the playoffs. So I'm with you on that part. I need to see it this year as well. 100%. 100%. So a lot of a uh, lot of question marks for the Cardinals. A lot we're looking to see. Um, expectations aren't very high for this game, I don't think. But for the season overall, um, that's kind of funny if you think about it. We're like, oh, they might lose this game against the Chiefs, but they might win the division. Um, so that's some, that's an interesting thing. So we'll see. Well, if you're listening to this after the game has happened, um, like I said, you'll be able to you know say if we were wrong or right or uh, sure there are going to be a lot to talk about down the line. But Last thing I wanted to talk about with the Cardinals, I thought was kind of an interesting story. They opened up the very first on-site sportsbook in uh, the NFL, and it's BetMGM. Uh, not my favorite sportsbook by any means. Uh, I think Tallman might agree. He's shaking his head over there. Yeah, that's the worst one, I think. Yeah, I, da- <laughs> I dabbled with them, and it just I didn't like it. I don't... It, the, I mean, mo- the mobile version anyway. I mean, a sports book in person is a sports book in person. Yeah, but it it's, really it's matter, so but. not, the app is so not user friendly. <laughs> yeah. But a little bit about this sports book it's 17,000 square foot, it's two stories. It has 200 and, uh, 265 square foot video wall, and I think in addition, 38 TVs and a constant ticker that has updates about all the, all the sports. And um, like I said, it's the first on site uh, sports book in the NFL. Uh, Mike, we we saw this when we went out to training camp, didn't we? We did, and I was a little confused at what it was going to be because it's right on the Great Lawn, uh, right outside of State Farm Stadium where a lot of tailgating is happening. It's pretty much the main spot uh, that anybody who's going to the games is you know, kind of setting up shop <laughs> as long as you get there early enough because I know it gets super crowded. But I thought it was kind of like an area where, I don't know, they might have... Um, like a kitchen or some kind of little restaurant with, you know, some covered areas because we know it's so hot here in Arizona. But for it to be the first ever sports book, uh, you can see that cities are really taking advantage of the new laws and the money is there, man. So take advantage. Uh, I'll definitely be trying to check that out, placing some bets when we eventually go to a Cardinals game this year. Uh, so maybe we'll snap some photos and take some videos and let the people see what we see. So I'm excited for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tom, and what do you got over there? You're showing me pictures of... Well, the- no, it's not a picture. It's a live cam. Oh. This is it live right now. They literally have a live camera pointed on the sports book and the Great Lawn. Is it on the Cardinals website? Or is it on... It's on uh, MGM. Oh, okay. Um, Patriots Cardinals. We got to go to that game. There we go. So I didn't. I guess I should have researched it some more. Is it uh, something that you can just go to on game day? Anybody can just go down there, or do you have to have a ticket to the game to be able to get access to it? No, it's um, it's open Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It's open. Just open to the public all the time. Well, yeah. it's gonna be impossible to find parking on. Game <laughs> You'd have to like. Well, you could probably park over at Westgate. And yeah, say park at the mall where you get shot at. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> Maybe cut that one out. That'll be good. Is it, um, <laughs> so is it open to the public already, or is it just going to open so. for the first game? Yeah, you said there was a ribbon cutting, so I yeah, imagine they did, it's going to uh, be open. When did they do the ribbon cutting? I saw something like two days ago that a ribbon cutting. They want people to start placing their bets right away. 
They got. I didn't look. I Dude, also they, didn't look. At, they got a. Do they have a bar in there? You, yeah, they have a. They have a restaurant. Restaurant. Whole restaurant. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Um, they open at seven a.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I like like Mike said. We're <laughs> definitely gonna have to go down there and. Uh, oh yeah, that'll maybe, be a, a lot of fun. Maybe we'll be able to do a live segment of Tallman's Ticket, which is. Which what what is that, Mike? What is Tallman's what ticket? What is that, Chris? You've got to let the people know what's Tallman's ticket. Well, you see here, folks. Come on down, get your Tallman ticket. This is the place where we uh, burn ourselves with oil, get speeding tickets, drop weights on our feet, and we don't really care. So. Sit down, relax, and enjoy the show. That doesn't really tell us what it is, though. <laughs> that's all. dude. That's the opening, man. Uh, I like. It. I'm gonna cut that. We're gonna save that. <laughs> I was gonna say it got me hooked. I'm ready to figure out what the hell's going on. That is the. <laughs> you know, it's like every great show has to have a an opening, right? Um, so basically, we came up with this awesome idea of how I'm gonna lose money this year every week, and um, I'm gonna start sharing one, only one. One out, one out of many. Just kidding. Um, one bet that I place each Sunday for NFL football only, whether it's a parlay, same game, uh, I'm going to share it with you all. And you can find that on social media. Yeah. What yeah. is the social media? It's I don't know, on, man. <laughs> we'll probably share it uh, on at AZ underscore VSP for TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, um, on Facebook at valley sports plug and uh of course in these videos we do for uh on youtube for valley sports plug so that's the plug that's the places um tallman's ticket is what we're calling this little bug bugger if you will and these are going to be right now we're talking just the nfl season yes absolutely so Tallman's got, ticket exclusive so the first ever tallman ticket here um i got a little a little frisky i would say i went five leg parlay so we picked uh, out of the morning games, and morning games being 10 a.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. Uh, Baltimore Ravens money line at minus 320. Ravens are playing the New York Jets in New York. Uh, we also have the Cincinnati Bengals point spread, minus 6.5. And they are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cincinnati. Um, the last morning game will be the Philadelphia Eagles, point spread minus five, and they will be playing in Detroit against the terrible Detroit Lions. Um, two games we have here to finish up our five-leg five parlay um, in the afternoon here. I This one hurts really bad because we just talked about how they're going to win the division. Um, I went ahead with the Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half, point spread that is, uh, against the Arizona Cardinals in Glendale, Arizona. Um, and then the last one here for the afternoon, Tennessee Titans money line at minus 250. And the Titans are playing at home uh, against the New York Giants. Straight up sacrilegious. Yeah. Week one, Cody's picking against the Cardinals. I cannot believe it. Man, so that's interesting. So if I'm not mistaken, it was Ravens money line, Titans money line, Chiefs spread, Eagles spread, uh, Bengals spread. <clears throat> were any of those alternate spreads or were those no they're straight up spreads. straight up spreads yeah. so nice um so i just wanted to say and uh, mike maybe you can jump in here with the eagles and lions i get what you're saying and a friend of the show uh drama 
I don't know if he'll ever be on a live stream. He was on the stream for the draft. Uh, you probably saw him there if you tuned into that. But he thinks the Eagles are going to run the Lions in this game. But he's a homer. He's an Eagles fan. I, I set that up with, though, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Uh, they do have, I believe, Jared Goff is their quarterback. They got in the Matthew Stafford trade. He's a serviceable quarterback. Uh, you got high expectations for DeAndre Swift, the running back. And I think the rookie uh, wide receiver, what's his name? It's um, St. Amon St. Brown. Amon St. Brown. He, so he's second he, year. He kicked our ass last year. That's second for sure. year. Mike, um, about specifically that Tallman's Eagles pick here, minus five, do you think that's going to hit or going to cover there? Yeah, I like that one. I, I, I like I like the Eagles to make a push for the NFC East to win that division. I've been seeing a lot of people picking them as their dark horse uh, Super Bowl favorite to come out of the NFC which is asking a lot out of a guy like Jalen Hurts, who I still feel needs to figure out his true footing in the NFL and what kind of quarterback he's going to be. But, you know, they added weapons around him like A.J. Brown. Uh, Devontae Smith is only getting older and, and it really has shown flashes. So I do like the Eagles. I think that's a pretty easy one, even though it's against the Lions in Detroit. Uh, Lions... They get that bad rap, you know. They've been bad. They've been terrible for a very, very long time, and I still don't think they're there yet. And they do have some more weapons, but you know, a guy that you brought up that are really they're going to really need a lot out of this year, DeAndre Swift. I I don't know if he's that guy. Um, there's a reason I didn't take him in fantasy football, and Chris, I mm. gave that one easily over to you. But <laughs> I didn't have too many options. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think that's a no-brainer, that Eagles minus five on the spread. No-brainer. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, another one, I, I don't like to bet on my own teams too often. Um, I, I will say in some of the bets I've placed, I also have the Chiefs beating the Cardinals, admittedly. But... Uh, Cody, uh, you got the Bengals here minus six point five against the Steelers. It is yes. it, it is in Cincinnati, so I'll give you that. They were in the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, the Steelers do have do have some weapons. I mean, that's the homer. I mean, you, you're so you're betting against Najee Harris. No, okay, so I, oh, yes, I am betting I, against Najee Harris. But the reason is is he can't carry all other 10 people on his back every time he's on the field he's going to try to i'll give you that um i know that defense is it's not a bad defense but um i think just with joe cool coming in off of their uh off of that super bowl run um some of the weapons that they have the talent on that team is you know undeniable so um i just i liked it and i also i mean obviously i liked it i picked it um but I think Trubisky is going to have a little bit of rust. Um, I know he showed out; he had some good showings in the preseason. But I mean, that's preseason, right? So I think when the the lights turn on, just kidding, they're not going to turn on. It's at ten a.m. Um, I think uh, he's going to have a slow start, and I also think they're going to lose that game. So that's why I picked the Bengals. So Bengals, man, you could argue that they might have three of the top 30 receivers in the league with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. 
Uh, I know a lot of people have been picking Tyler Boyd as a fantasy dark horse. A dark horse, you know. Shout out to friend of the show Chevin, uh, who was one of those guys who kind of talked about him as well. Um, the Steelers, man, they just have such a young core, and Mitch Trubisky. I really do hope he kind of has a second coming uh, with his new opportunity he has in Pittsburgh. I like George Pickens, uh, you know, their new receiver. <laughs> Excuse me. But I, I still feel like the Steelers have a lot of things to figure out. And the Bengals are coming off of, uh, you know, a Super Bowl where they were still in it down to the end. You, you could say Joe Burrow missed, uh, you know, a throw there or whatnot, but Aaron Donald came off the edge so fast he had no chance anyways. The one thing that I would be a little bit worrisome, Cody, is – Joe Burial's just coming back from that appendix surgery. He hasn't been on the field for a very long time. So is he ready to go? That's my question. I think he's ready to go. Well, Because he's Joe Cool. That's right. And he's just super cool. Um, no, I, I think uh, Steelers, not trying to diss your team there, Mr. Patrick. All right, but, all right. Um, I think they're going to show some rust, um, mainly because they're trying to replace you know, the best quarterback in franchise history. Um, being franchise history being the Steelers um, franchise, mm-hmm. um, so I think Trubisky is going to struggle, and as we all know, every offense starts with the person who has the ball in their hand first, which is going to be the quarterback, and his name is Mitchell Trubisky, and he—I don't know—I just don't believe him that much. Um, I think maybe he'll figure it out, and he'll get a lot of support from other people, but I think they're not going to be able to keep up with the Bengals. Regardless of if he had appendix surgery or not. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I know I want to be optimistic for my team, and I am optimistic. I'm more optimistic for Kenny Pickens than Mitch Trubisky, but I guess they're going with Trubisky, which I don't necessarily disagree with. You know, you go with the veteran player. Trubisky is kind of a veteran at this point. I think he's been in the league uh, half a decade at least, maybe a little less. A handful of years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah, he could have a resurgence, definitely. Maybe he had a, a tough shake on it at it on the Bears. Didn't really have many weapons. Now that he has Najee Harris, Deontay Thompson. Um, Johnson. John, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, and George Pickens. Uh, George Pickens has high, expect, high expectations. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I'm going through your picks here. Of course, you went against the Cardinals, and you're going with the Chiefs by a touchdown. Um I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. We don't have to dissect it too much, but uh, I guess, yeah, I, that's Tallman's ticket. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? Um, anything you want to say about Tallman's ticket in general? <laughs> yeah, so um, if you are uh, very interested in you know being a little frisky, a little risky, um, if you like losing money like I do apparently, um, you know, check in every week and see how it's going. And maybe follow along if maybe maybe we hit one, maybe we hit two. But uh, my bet right now is I will go I will go zero and seventeen or zero and eighteen. Sorry, there's eighteen weeks. I forgot. Um, I'll probably He's go zero and eighteen. His, so on his bets. Um, there. <laughs> how does that even work? Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Should be a lot of fun. Um, I think I need to maybe start doing three leg or four leg parlays. I was about to say I feel like you should have been like disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor and 
gamble responsibly. Yeah. Call right. oh, what's the, what's the number? Gambler <laughs> Gamblers Anonymous. Do with this information what you if will. If it's affecting your family and friends, uh, that's. I'd love. I think we we might. I kind of want to do a maybe a live stream about that one day. Um, about just how much gambling. I'm gonna do some research, but there's. A lot of reports coming out that the recent, like all the legal legalization of gambling, has had a spike in gambling addiction, and also potentially reports of it also uh, corrupting sports and money getting into people throwing games and start having these scandals again with point shaving and throwing games, and especially at the college level where you can really get to these young players. So uh, I think that's something I would love to dive into. Like I said, I'm going to do some research. We might have on Ben Miller for that one. He knows the college game pretty well, and uh, even I'm, I'm going to probably drag Tallman out onto that stream and make sure he's there uh, <laughs> kicking and screaming, but we're going to have him there. Okay, all right. Uh, but I want to just uh, kind of pivot pretty hard here and uh, talk about – uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, because it, there's kind of reason to be excited recently. They're bringing up the young guns. They're letting them play. Corbin Carroll is getting some playtime specifically. But first, what I want to talk about, I saw this tweet this week from Jake Anderson. He said, the D-backs have now blown 21 of 50 save opportunities this season. And at nine games out of a wild card spot, that means cleaning up just half of these would put the Diamondbacks in the playoffs. Think about that for a second. October baseball is that close to returning to Arizona. And I think that directly ties into these young guys playing. Um, Mike, I know you were really excited to see Corbin Carroll coming up. Uh, what, are you are you getting excited for maybe the next couple of years of Diamondbacks baseball and having some optimism? Yeah, I feel like it's been a very long time since we've really had the fanfare and true excitement uh, around a guy like Corbin Carroll that we did a few weeks ago when he was called up um, and just people really excited about the future of this team. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we were basically at 500. I know we've dropped a couple of tough ones, uh, especially that one last night to Colorado where we came back but ended up losing in extra innings. But he looks like a guy who can do it all. He's got the tools, man. He's got speed on the base paths. He's got a really, really strong swing. A good eye for the ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that outfield, uh, you know, within the next couple of years, just with the guys that we already have. I mean, Jake McCarthy has been on a hot streak um, the past couple of, of weeks. Uh, Alec Thomas, he seems like he's shored up that center field position. And then you also have guys like Dalton Varsho. And then, you know, Andrew Jones, who we just picked uh, this year. You know, another guy that's going to probably come into the fold faster than you could even blink your eyes. So the future is bright, and this point, you don't have much to, to fight for, unfortunately. You know, playoffs are out of the question at this point, but you want to finish as to the best of your ability and keep that momentum going into the next season and build from there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with – their pitching rotation because, you know, guys like Zach Gallon has had a hell of a year, but then we're struggling, you know, with Madison Bumgarner and he's lost the majority of these games. I think within those uh, 25 games that you were talking about from that tweet, Chris, you know, I know that we blew a bunch of saves, but I'm pretty sure four of those losses were from Bumgarner as well. 
um, he's on the downhill of his career, unfortunately. But if you can bring some other guys in and then sure up your relief pitching, uh, as as Tallman can probably speak to Melancon and <laughs> kicking him out of the in of the save position. But good things, good things are in the future for this team, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and it's it's funny the the Melancon Melanson whatever the hell his name is um, Melanson Melanson is that how you say it Yeah, it's Melanson. Yeah, Melanson. I, I was saying Melancon earlier too, I, but I like Melancon better uh, though. He, he is because he's melancholy. Well, that's that's the thing, and excuse my language, but he is a fucking con because <laughs> last season he had the most saves in the MLB, was killing it for the Padres on a killer deal. The Diamondbacks decide to give him a contract with a bunch of money. We've been over this, and then he comes and just sucks it's a two-year deal too huh yeah at least it's only a two deal and it was a third year like option of some sorts but there's no way they're gonna dump his ass as quick as they can and they should because that just that that fact alone where maybe maybe that would have changed the outlook if we had won some of these games and not blown those saves maybe they would have brought in these younger guys up sooner and maybe we would have been a playoff team i mean i'm not saying we would have been a contender but getting that experience starting getting these guys and your core going like you said once andrew jones jr gets healthy i'm really freaking pissed that he got injured in batting practice right after we drafted him that's some some of the dumbest shit i've ever heard of and like hopefully he overcomes that in his career and he's not an injury prone guy that just ends up fizzling out uh i don't want to put that label on him yet though because we really haven't seen him but again, he's still a kid yeah he's still a kid again cody but which are these of these young guys i want to ask you Cor- corbin carroll alec thomas dalton varsho even jake mccarthy who are you most excited about oh it's got to be corbin carroll i mean so much hype around him. I mean, he's got the speed, the athleticism. He's got the bat. Uh, he's just all-around baseball player where they say that, you know, that's a generational talent sometimes where they can do all those things at a pretty, you know, pretty elevated level. Um, I think he's the most excited, and I think uh, any true D-backs fan would agree with that because, I mean, what, he was the second second or third highest-ranked um uh, farm league player in the entire MLB. He wasn't number one, but he was top three. Yeah. So for us, it was great. It was awesome. But um, obviously, he's the the least proven out of that entire group. I mean, Thomas McCarthy, Varsho. I mean, Varsho's arguably been, you know, the team MVP this whole season. He's been probably the best player that we've had this whole season. Um, so it's hard to kind of diss them a little bit like that i mean i'm excited for all of them you know i hope they find a way to make uh to make all uh all four of them work in the lineup every every single you know every single day but i think a lot of them are left-handed bats too so um that kind of throws a wrench in it i know we i think off uh off air we were talking a little bit about you know maybe they have to trade one of them or they can trade it for you know a, a pitcher or something like that or they make bar show catch or they give one of them uh, a first base first baseman's mitt and maybe uh that's our solution for when uh, christian walker goes so um but it's definitely corbin carroll yeah he's the most exciting talent coming up because he's going to be he might be one of the best or top 30 best players in the league in the next years to come and cody i wanted to jump in on that isn't it isn't it so nice to have that kind of problem where you're overloaded with talent where you're not offloading your main guys just to get rid of their contracts and lose 
you know, kind of how we've done the past couple of years, but it'll be in order to get some more assets in the positions that you need. It's incredible, dude. Finally, my goodness. I mean, Corbin Carroll, small sample size so far, right? Nine games, uh, 286 average, two home runs and eight RBIs, but he's just looked confident at the plate. He looks like he belongs and he's only 22 years old. So there's only upside for him. I'm so excited to see what he can do in the future. And, you know, sure up that pitching, figure out, you know, who's going to be our third and fourth starters. We can make a run at a wild card next year. There's no question about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's no doubt about it. We can have a team with this young talent that competes with the likes of the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, like you said, we're uh, that's a good problem to have is having a lot of these young guys. And it's and I think it really presents a unique opportunity for the Diamondbacks organization to spend some money, maybe trade some of these young guys, um, maybe cut some deals where you still pay some of Madison Bumgarner's contract, but you get him the hell out of here. We need to get a better pitching rotation, a better bullpen to it's- match to just I'm sorry, just to match these bats, because if the bats don't have any backup on the defensive side or the pitching side, then it's all for naught. You look at these games like we had last night against the Colorado Rockies, where it was 10-10 uh, in the bottom of the ninth, and they give up a three-run home run, walk off, and they walk it off. No doubter. But sorry, I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I was that just made me think. I was like, who pitched last night? I think it was Zach Davies pitched last night. Because I was going to say it's more the bullpen that's killed us. Like going back to your stat where you said. Um, you were quoting the other guy that said all the blown saves that they've had. And, and even if we had half of, the, half of those back, it would be a whole different game. But yep, I think the 21 the bowl, of 50 save opportunities, that's almost 50% oh God. of save opportunities being blown. It's, that's incredible. It's funny to say that the bullpen totally knocked them out at any type of competitiveness when our only all-star player was out of our bullpen. So um, that's kind of funny. But, yeah, I was going to say the, the rotation's not bad. Zach Gallen um, is... He might be. He might win the Cy Young here coming up one of these years. Yeah, he's. Uh, but Merrill Kelly, mm-hmm. um, Zach Davies is not bad. I thought they were going to trade him at the deadline, but they didn't. Um, and then that's what you just made me think of that because I was going to say that Zach Davies wasn't bad, but I'm pretty sure he pitched last uh, last night, and I don't think he did very good. <laughs> um, anyway, though, but the future is extremely bright. Um, outside of even just the talent, I think uh, there's a lot of other things that need to happen. Um, I think it starts with uh, the owner of the team um, and the GM. I think there's some big useless contracts that need to get, you know, removed. <laughs> um, one being uh, Mr. Bumgarner, who is actually pitching right now, and he's not doing too terrible. Um, but we also need to we need to spend some money, man. I, I mean, I'm sick of people calling us a small market team when we live in one of the biggest metropolitan areas in the entire country. It doesn't make sense. And people keep coming and coming and coming. And Arizona Diamondbacks are a huge brand out here. But the reason why it's died off so recently, like remember the 01? Granted, we were a lot younger, but in 01 when we won the World Series, we were going nuts. The entire city was going nuts about that team. But we have just dived off. We haven't been good since um, Goldschmidt was a, a rookie. So it's starts with that. He needs to spend some money. The owner needs to spend some money. And the second part is they got to do something about that stadium, man. Yeah. Um, We've averaged, uh, what was it? I think we're the seventh lowest average in attendance. We've averaged 19,000 in attendance. That stadium holds 49,000 people. They need to do something about that. Um, I don't think they ever expect to fill that stadium, but also it's aging. There's all those other issues about it. I mean, 
the team goes on the road and they have a nicer clubhouse on on the road than they do at their even home clubhouse in their own their own uh, their own stadium. So there's a lot of challenges that they're facing, but thank goodness that the product on the field, the young talent, is looking extremely well, and I think that's going to help them help that guy that owns the team spend some damn money on this team because they're promising, you know. So that's all I have. Yeah, no, I agree. There's there's obviously a rift. There were talks about the team moving. There were talks about the, a remodel of the stadium, similar to what the what the Suns got and that kind of deal. Um, and but and so that that's all something we can talk about. But what I I agree in like we've been saying with this young talent, but also guys that have been here for a while. Like we did get rid of David Peralta at the trade deadline, and now you have Nick Ahmed coming back next season hopefully from this injury uh at the shortstop position we've been having that filled by uh josh rojas and i think uh nope. tom and Cattell Marte. uh Gerardo perdomo perdomo okay perdomo's been playing shortstop so he's he hasn't done too bad of a job either as, he's also 22 and he's a young guy so he kind of fits into the mold of this these young guys whereas nick ahmed is going to be i think 33 years old next year 32 33 years old so he's getting up is he there. that old yeah he is oh, wow. and that that's something i talked about where i almost think they should have kept jazz chisholm uh and traded away nick ahmed i know the return might not have been as great we did end up getting zach gallon in return for jazz so that that's something to consider, which... That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I'll take it. Honestly, I'll take it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. Mike, do you think that they're, they're going to move some of these other older pieces like a Cattell Marte? I mean, hard to say he's old when he's... He, him and I are brothers. We were born on the exact same day um, in 1993. And uh, yeah, but like those guys, like he's 28, going to be 29. Is he is he going to be shipped out? Is Nick Ahmed going to be shipped out in favor of some of these younger pieces? I could see it because, I mean, probably the last two years, you could say that Cattell Marte possibly was the face of this franchise, either than a David Peralta. And the numbers haven't really backed it, uh, you know, especially these past couple of months with Cattell Marte. But I don't know if I blame him completely because they've been playing him out of position so much they'll put him at second. Then they were putting him out in the outfield for a lot of times where he, I feel like he's more successful uh, at second base, but he's been uh, recently he's been designated hitter a lot. A, a C, yeah. so you can almost start to see that transition out, Chris. Um, yeah, and it brings up a good point. I mean, what do you have to lose, man? If you go with a youth movement and throw all throw in all these young guys, I mean, it's been six years since we were in the playoffs. Right? Was it 2016 when we had that wild card run, and, and we only won the one game? Um, that was when he pooped his pants. Um, <laughs> right? He hit the triple. Uh, Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley. Archie yeah. Bradley. Yeah. I pooped my pants. <laughs> I pooped my pants. <laughs> but yeah, if you can, you know, put these other guys in, in, into your youth movement, uh, I'd be worrisome for bringing in a Nick Ahmed. I mean, especially since you know that his bat is under par, basically. Um, you need the firepower to go with the good pitching that you have from these young guys, and I'd be okay with it. I mean, what do you have to lose, man? Exactly. There's nothing you have to lose. Yeah. You look at the standings right now, the Dodgers are 94 and 43. It's gross. We are 29 games back, and it's something that you expect at this point. But even from a team 
like uh, the San Diego Padres, who honestly might figure out a way to mess up their wild card uh, opportunity, even with the extension to three wild card teams. They're at like a half game lead right now. I think the Brewers still are three and a half back. So the Padres will really have to do some good messing up of that kind of stuff. But you don't have anything to lose. You've been at the bottom of this division for many years now. So it's time to kind of start figuring out what these young pieces can do at the, you know, the major level uh, and give them those opportunities. I think the last point that I have is for the rest of this season, I really want them to make a concerted effort to finish third in this division. So right now they're about tied with San Francisco. They're both 29 games back, but uh, San Francisco has the slight lead percentage-wise with .475, uh, where Arizona's at .474. So if we can finish right in the middle of that pack, I'd be all for it. And it can give you the proper momentum going into next year. I mean, I'd love to finish 500, but yeah, ideally, that's what I was thinking. But um, you know, seven games back with not a lot to play, you'd have to go on a nice little winning streak. But you just got to be competent and go over 500 for the rest of your season. And I'd say it would be a success for sure. The rest of the uh, rest of the schedule is really tough. They have a lot of divisional games. They're playing. They're playing in California a lot. And most notably, Southern California a lot, yeah. Being, uh, the Padres and the Dodgers. So um, the idea of them going 500 sounds fabulous in the season, but man, they have some tough con- competition. So, I mean, you're not kidding, man. What we have one more game against the Rockies after today, then we have three against the Dodgers, four against the Padres, five against the Dodgers, <laughs> three against the Giants. And then you finish it off with the Astros. That's no yeah, joke. No, that's, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about going 500. Uh, so, uh, but so that's what I'm saying. But if, that's if, fine. If, if you can do that and give yourself a little bit momentum going into the offseason and finish third in the division, I'd say that's a success. You're heading in the right direction. Absolutely. And they surprised everybody. Like, we had zero expectations. And like they, they gave yeah. um, they extended Lavello too, because of what he did mm-hmm. with nothing this year. Granted, I think he only uh, got one more year. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard for me to praise a team that's sub 500, but I hear you. They've impressed. They flashed recently, especially once they brought up these young guys. So plenty of optimism to be had, like we've kind of been saying. And I think expectations are high for next season to, um, again, be a top. It's it's hard with the because you don't know what the Padres are going to be like. Um, you know the Dodgers are going to spend the money and they're going to have a lot of talent and probably have a good record. They they're perennial like that. So uh, just fighting for that second spot, being in that conversation. So in that second third spot in the division, get like like Mike was alluding to, get that wild card spot. So we're gonna we're gonna take that optimism. We're gonna probably crank up our D backs coverage a little bit. I know we go uh, real heavy with the Cardinals. We go heavy with the Suns. Um, but we want to be the Valley Sports plug, your go-to outlet for all things uh, Valley Sports and entertainment. Um, we're gonna dip our toes into pop culture here and there. So um, you know, just really excited to have you guys along for the journey. If you've made it this far in the podcast, we freaking love you. You're freaking amazing, and um, just thank you so much. Um, we're gonna wrap it up here uh, with one last little topic that was important to Mike. Um, I'll just kind of set it up, and then I want you to to let us let us know how you feel about it. Devin Booker, the cover athlete for NBA 2K23, 
was given a player rating of 91 overall. And on face value, if you're not familiar, you're like, oh, 91 sound, on a 1 to 100 scale, that doesn't sound too bad. It's a 1 to 99 scale, technically, but that doesn't sound too bad. That sounds really good. Um, the thing is, though, uh, some of his peers like Ja Morant and Jason Tatum have much higher ratings um, at 93 and I believe 95, respectively, or is it also 93? 93. Yeah, they're both 93. So um, similar similar players, but uh, much higher rating. And uh, Mike, what what was your reaction to this? So my whole thing about this situation is you finally felt like the national media and just general pop culture, if you would say, around the NBA is starting to give the Phoenix Suns their just desserts, you know, with the run that this team has had going back to the bubble. And Devin Booker has started to cement himself as one of the best players in the league, obviously with a top five finish in the MVP conversation. But once again, they find a way to almost discredit the success of this team and put their cover athlete outside of the top 10 of their rankings. I mean, let's go through this list real quick. Giannis, 97. Then you got five guys at 96 overall. Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, and uh, Curry. Then you got Luka Doncic at 95. Kawhi Leonard, a guy who hasn't played in a year and a half, is 94 overall. Jason Tatum, a guy who set the record for most um, turnovers in a playoff, 93 overall. John Morant, who's trying to shoot you up on Twitter, 93. Jimmy Butler, I mean, that's okay, Jimmy Butler. He's cold, man. Yeah, 93 overall. And then there's Devin Booker right outside of the top 10. Technically, the guys above him were all tied for ninth. <laughs> and then there's Devin Booker at 12 at 91 overall. I mean, it's a video game. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You got the national recognition by putting him on the cover. But this can go back to a conversation which me and Chris are going to have on the next uh, Pass the Outlet in regards to signature shoes with Jason Tatum and uh, Ja Morant and how Devin Booker, once again, is overlooked within the time frame of his success and what he's already done within the league and people giving these graces to these younger guys because of marketability, because of what they can sell more with a guy like Jason Tatum and John Morant. I don't want to get into it too much. I just think it is wild to have a cover athlete not be in your top 10 rankings wise. I'm not saying put him at 96, 95, but he's got to be a 93 minimum. The guy was a top five MVP candidate. What else do you want him to do other than win a championship? I just don't know anymore, you know? So my first thoughts about it was, do you think the fact that he had Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton on the team, do you think that brought down his rating? Because he wasn't, the offense, the offense didn't completely go through him. Granted, at times it did. He would take over the game, but you know, Chris Paul also did that too in the playoffs. So, do you think that maybe that kind of dimmed his light a little bit? Then some of these other guys who are the clear cut—I mean, he's the clear cut centerpiece of that team. But I mean, you're talking about Chris Paul coming in too. I don't know if it's about the team as a whole. I feel like it's more so about the market. 
you know, even in the time frames that the Suns have been the best or considered one of the best teams in the NBA, we've always still kind of felt like an afterthought. I know you can have these guys on ESPN like Jalen Rose talking about, oh, this is your clear-cut favorite to make the uh, NBA Finals this year. And that's all fine and dandy, but it seems like there's never really true backing for this market when we start talking about Arizona as a whole and specifically the Phoenix Suns. I mean, this is the longest tenured sports franchise that we have in the state. And it still feels like we're the new kids on the block when it comes to true success on the floor. And it's always overlooked. I mean, Memphis finally has a decent uh, a decent run last year and, and makes it to the second round and gets the beats break. Uh, the brakes beat off of them. Beats break. Get the beats, beats break. Uh, the brakes beaten off of them by Golden State, who ends up winning the title. And it's just all about okay, John Morant, man, he's the next guy. He's the greatest thing that we've ever seen. It's beca- And it's because he's a highlight machine. I understand that. But we have the tape. We have the teams that have been very, very successful in this league the past couple of years. And to not just put your cover athlete at in the top 10, like, I feel like that's a no-brainer. I mean – we could pull up the stats or whatever if you want to look at it. Has there ever been another guy that's been on the cover that hasn't been in the top ten? I I can't you start imagine thinking about the guys like Kyrie Irving at the time that he was on there. I'm sure he was a 93. Mm-hmm. Giannis probably 97 at that time. Anthony Davis, Paul George, even with his time when he was on the cover with the Indiana Pacers, he was yeah. one of the top ten players in the league at that time. But you, you give him his credit, you put him on the cover, and then we have to start talking about these kind of things once again. It's just, I, it's, I, yeah. Uh, that's what, yeah, that's what it is. That's uh, what it is. Did you still buy the game, though? No, I need to get a new console, because if I buy the old Gen 1, my console that I have now will probably <laughs> explode. Would, wouldn't even be able to handle it, just overload. Nope, it won't. Yeah, I feel that. I want to get the next-gen console so bad, but it's like, ah, it's an investment. In it. Is it still 500 bucks? Yeah, it's six, oh, Jesus. 500, 600. It's expensive. Wait, but can, can you actually buy it, or is there still a big... Yeah, I actually saw some at Target um, no way. a couple weeks ago. They were like, they had both of them. They had the regular, like, the, the one that looks like the Xbox now, and then, like, the upright rectangular um, boxy-looking one. They're all boxy-looking. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway... I think, though, that what I last thing I wanted to kind of touch on this with and, and toss this over to you, Tallman, I think this is kind of a, you know, what Mike is saying about Devin Booker being not in the top 10. You have these preseason rankings we were talking about with Kyler Murray, where he was a top 10 quarterback. But then you look at Madden and he's ranked 80. He's a, has an 84 overall player rating and is the 12th ranked quarterback behind Deshaun Watson. Um what do you make of that, Tom? Like, and I guess for both of you, like, I'm, what I want to say is this kind of opens up a broader conversation about, I think, the disrespect for the Valley in general overall and, like, these players that are better than their rating or, in our opinion, better than that their rating. Um, but just about Kyler Murray, 84 overall in the 12th rated quarterback in Madden. Is that fair? Is that his rating in the new one? Yeah. In 23? From, from what I was seeing, yeah. Really? Um, first thing that pops in my mind is... Whoever's in that EA office creating these ratings, they're not watching Arizona sports. 
because um, there's no way Kyla Murray is the 12th best quarterback. But that's why, I mean, you, I know all the players are so big on their their uh, video game ratings for some reason because it's like they mess around with each other with it. They joke like, hey, I have a better rating, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, it's like it doesn't mean anything. And then watch, you know, they have the, I don't, I've never played NBA 2K, but um, in, in Madden, you can like download the updated rosters. So like throughout the season, so halfway through the season, if Kyle's having a good year, you can do the updated roster and he's got a higher rating. So I think they still do that, right? Yeah, they do. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't pay too much attention to it. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, you can change whatever rating you want. <laughs> you can turn Justin Bethel into a ninety-nine overall. I used to do that. You probably have to create a character now <laughs> to even put him in the game. Well, yeah, I'm saying like four years ago. Did speaking of this video game stuff, Mike? Did you see that Doc was in two K? Dude, I watched his stream, man. I watched the stream all I, yesterday I knew, I while I was you. working. Wait, who? The two time. The two time. Back to back. 1993, 1994, blockbuster video game champion. Who is that? Oh, you got to be kidding me! Wow, do you live under a rock? Is this about to be the end of Valley Sports Plug? As wait, no, wait, hold on. Video game champion? What are you talking about? Doctor Disrespect. Oh, you know the doc? Yeah, I'm sorry, I just didn't. You have to do the. You you have to do the full name for me. It's in his name. Don't you disrespect Doctor Disrespect? Well, the only thing I know about him is he threw like a 70 yard pass at. 49ers camp did you see that no i didn't see that <laughs> yeah, that did. doesn't surprise me though. with headphones on too. of course he did yeah of course he had headphones. <laughs> yeah. he probably had sunglasses on too that's yeah, a, he did yeah and his wig with his mullet and, and his, his headphones vest. and his bulletproof vest oh he bombed it look up the video after this is we'll do we'll do yeah it's pretty good i think that's the one downfall with him is that he's a bay area guy so he likes the warriors and he likes the 49ers Ooh. but hey i won't hold it again Wait, he's that old He's an older guy, yeah. He's in his 40s. You said 92, 93? Back to back. 93, 94. Back 94, to back. Okay. Yeah. Damn, Blockbuster okay. video game champion <laughs> superstar. What, at Tetris? And what was the game that he won? NBA Jam. You sure so it wasn't Tetris? So that's how you know he's a okay. real one. No, it wasn't Tetris. I was oh, just come kidding. On, come on, I'm bro. calling him old. That's an, that's an old joke, okay? Tetris. Well, All right. anyway, um, we, we covered a lot in this episode. We got the Cardinals week one coming at you. Hopefully I get this out tomorrow on game day. Worst case, I'll get it out right after game day, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, Chiefs, Cardinals, we got a lot of players injured. Uh, maybe you're out at that sports book and uh, drinking a little bit, placing some bets, and maybe you uh, followed Tallman's take and put your life savings on it. Uh, I'm not saying Don't that, do that. I'm not telling you to do that. This isn't advice for how to gamble your money, but... Uh, we got Tallman's ticket, and we're going to track it throughout the season, see how he does. Uh, we got, we're we going to have a live stream coming at you this week, um, so stay stay tuned and uh, follow us on all our social medias to find out when and what that will be at AZ underscore Valley Sports Plug. I'm sorry, actually, at AZ underscore VSP. I uh, got to get it right. Can't just go with the abbreviations here. But um, guys, fellas, it's been a blast. Anything you would like to say to the people before we depart? Michael Benjamin. No, man. It, once again, it was wonderful chopping it up with you. Super excited for tomorrow. Hopefully we can get off on the uh, right foot. And everybody stay tuned. We'll talk to you next time. Tallman. That's beautiful. Um, I don't have anything except tomorrow morning. I'm going to be screaming, it's game day, baby.
Go deep, baby. Go deep. Go deep. Yeah, hey, maybe. Can't wait, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's 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 NFL season is here. I'm freaking excited. Cardinals are back in action. Uh, we'll see what happens. So I'm Chris Patrick for Michael Benjamin and BSP Tallman. We'll catch you next time. Peace.